I'm just going to do the intro while I'm setting this up. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? Be impressed that you got the intro so down that you can do it while slightly intoxicated and setting the timer. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell by that laugh and what Matt said, I am a little inebriated. <laughs> just a I, tad. I, uh... I had dinner at about about seven thirty. Also, th- this is a late episode. Yes, we know. I was at a wedding until we got home at like eight o'clock at night on Sunday. Yep. Um. So we're recording now. Yep. But uh, now, which is nine thirty at night on a Monday. Yep. That was about the best we were gonna do. So. Yep. Uh. But no, I I, I had dinner at seven thirty. I decided to have a beer made the mistake of opening a bottle of beer like a like an actual big, big like a bottle. bottle bottle of beer from a craft brewery or a local brewery and i had to finish it of course <laughs> <laughs> no no wasting that yeah <laughs> so yep no i am okay i'm not that bad no i'm pretty sober i'm sober yeah. enough to record an episode of the podcast <laughs> but i'm not completely that's a low standard listen <laughs> uh, uh, why because no one else will oh <laughs> damn self-burn oh man <laughs> high five and now i'm actually going for a high five but nope right. i was gonna i was gonna self-five myself <sighs> uh no people should actually like subscribe and tell a friend and should specifically check out i don't know i haven't said facebook in a while yeah i haven't said anything in a while really yeah we need more Except social media mediums we need more more options for you to Look yep. at. Well, we need to get better at actually posting on the stuff that we have. I mean, I I haven't tweeted in a couple days, a yeah. few days. I kind of promised week. I was going to start doing stuff on Instagram, but I haven't. So you should be better. I should. You should be a le- less bad person. I really should. <laughs> Make life better for a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Matt, what you been up to? Um. Well, now that I'm back <laughs> from vacation, I... Like beer. I bet it did. <laughs> Now that I'm back from vacation, I've been starting a whole bunch of things. Uh, so Have I've, you been finishing anything? Nope. Nothing okay. at all. But Good. I'll, I'll mention briefly the stuff I started. Uh, I started the second volume of the Hellboy short stories, which are like little one-off stories. And you have finished the Hellboy main story, right? I've finished sort of the three-volume main arc. There is a fourth volume that comes after that that I have but have not read yet. Okay. Um, it's titled Hellboy in Hell. So... Boy, I'm guessing he just kind of meanders around hell for a while. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go. I'm not sure how relevant that is to the main arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but I figure I better read the short stories because there are like little references in the main volumes to some of the short stories. Yeah. So I'm gonna finish volume two first, and it's like, um, again, it's just like little one-off stories from Hellboy's time before the main star- story mm-hmm. arc really kicked into gear. Okay. I'm like three stories in right now, but very much enjoying it. Good. Uh, I also started season three of a series of unfortunate events. I watched the first, I guess the first two episodes, which is like the first story because mm-hmm. they do they break up each book into two episodes basically. Okay. Um, they're back. It's a, I guess it's pretty easy when you have a very self-contained series that you're basing pretty faithfully, relatively faithfully off some source material, but they're just very consistently good. Okay. Um, not great, but good and enjoyable and i'll give a more complete assessment when i actually finish all right uh also since i finished the hobbit over break i have started the lord of the rings oh cool which How far are you? i'm two chapters in 
to okay so you <laughs> i started it started yes, i started it yesterday and i'm reading a chapter a night okay basically um I will save most of my thoughts for the end, but I will want to say that I do want to say that the first two chapters, uh, I never really realized this before, but they're, it's really cool what he does from like a structural point of view. Cause this came out after the Hobbit. So it was sort of a sequel to the Hobbit. Uh-huh. And the first chapter, the long expected party is very much in the vein of the Hobbit. Like it's the like the tone is the same the way he sort of does little asides to the reader and gives commentary on the history and just the the whole way the story is told is just about Bilbo's birthday party yeah and it's it's very light very pleasant very Hobbit but towards the end there are a couple of little undercurrents you can see that there's some darker stuff under the surface here mm-hmm. um and then that chapter ends Bilbo disappears leaves and Frodo is left master of Bag End. Wait, what happens after? The, I've never seen the movies. The rest of Lord of the Rings happens. I've never seen those I'll movies. I'll explain that after I've reread the, okay. the books. There was a 10-year gap of nothing in my life. Right. You did nothing. You never, sat in a never, room alone. Never, you looked at the wall. Yeah. I never watched anything. Now you're in danger of becoming a, a master of a criminal empire. Oh, cool. Yeah. Shit. Dude, what should I, how should I start doing that? How should I, how should I uh, capitalize on potential for being a master of a criminal empire um first step's going to be shaving your head and adding about six inches and a hundred pounds to your frame so you're more physically imposing cool uh you're gonna want to well, buy I'm not physical imposing <laughs> now as a skinny white boy no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh you're gonna want to get a white suit you're gonna you know what? i'm giving up on this joke yep i've um, i was hoping the joke would end when i said the imposing or the white boy thing yeah Anyway. Um, anyway, uh, so then, <laughs> so in the movies, as I'm sure you actually do know, but for the sake of Joker, just pretending over there, uh, it basically cuts immediately from that to Frodo and Sam departing on their journey. Uh, whereas there's a gap of 17 years between the birthday party and Frodo and Sam departing on the journey in the book. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, the whole journey takes like nine months, doesn't it? Uh, it's not a long journey. I mean, it's a long yeah, journey, but it's not a. I think so. Duration long journey. I think so. I think um, that also kind of it's explains. Certainly within the range of a year. That it's also kind of interesting how. Uh, does you haven't have you read the full Lord of the Rings books yet? Many times. Okay, so do they explain? Okay, okay. Let's see if I can do this. With where my brain is, I like half of you half as well as I like I should, and I like half of half of you as well. Uh, I I like I like half of you half as well as I sh- I think I should, and I like half. Of, I don't remember, but I, but I like I like half of you less as well as you deserve, or something right. like that. Anyway, anyway, um, Bilbo gets really old at the very end. Yes. I believe in the movie they explain that it's because of the ring that gives him prolonged life. Yes. Is that also in the book because of the 17 years that passed? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's part of it. Okay. He's had 17 more years to start catching up and aging again. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure they explicitly tie it back to that, but at the end, yeah, it's been 17 more years, so he's older. Okay. Um uh let's see what was i gonna say oh so there's like 17 years and then 
Gandalf kind of he'll pop in. It's I mean, seventeen years is treated in like two paragraphs of uh-huh. Gandalf came back for a day or two every three years, and yeah. then he disappeared for a long time, and then he came back, and then he basically exposits the entire backstory of the ring to Frodo for mm-hmm. a chapter. Okay. Um. So like that whole prologue thing that's at the start of the Fellowship movie. He basically explains all that. There's a lot of quotes that are taken straight from that and put in there. Okay. Uh, even the the conversation he has with Frodo and Moria in the movie about Gollum, mm-hmm. um, that is brought into there because that's a big part of the Ring's history is Bilbo Gollum. and Gollum finding it. And Frodo, of course, knows about that, knows about Gollum because it's in Bilbo's book and all that. Yeah. Um, so it's really – and then this also functions – even though it's mostly just a conversation between the two characters, it functions as sort of a tonal shift from here's sort of the Hobbit world where it's kind of safe and yeah, there's some adventures and dangers, but it's all sort of treated like a children's book where we know it will all be work yeah. out okay in the end. It, it gives more stakes to the universe without them ever having to leave the safety of Bilbo's sitting room, mm-hmm. which is a, I think a really elegant structural way of doing it. Yep. Anyway, I've only read two chapters. I'll bring a full report when I've actually finished the book. Okay. Okay. That's all I've started. Oh, all right. Uh, I watched the next three episodes. I guess since mm-hmm. Titans is over, I can give the update on uh, Outsiders. Uh, Young Justice Outsiders made me cry. Oh, that's good. I mean, I knew it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. This was not a, I hope it's good. I'm doubtful like it was with Titans. Like Young Justice has always been good. Mm-hmm. And it continues to be good. Excellent. Uh, ugh, excuse me. Um, I can see that they have the potential to tie it into Judas Contract. Because okay. uh, theoretically, so like a lot of their animated universe is like the current animated universe. They try to make it in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um, however... In this one, Tara is just now getting her powers, while okay. Judas' contract has already been released. Mm-hmm. So there is potential. Uh, we'll see where they go with that. I don't know if they're going to tie it in. Maybe they'll just do a third rendition of uh, Judas' contract, which is fine because Judas' contract is a phenomenal story. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I am. I just finished the last issue before the actual Judas' contract in New Teen Titans. Mm. Fun, fun, fun. Like, literally the next three issues are the Judas Contract. Cool. I am not reading those just yet, because, as I've talked about, I'm breaking the New Teen Titans up as I finish volumes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have just started reading Demon Knights, because I finally got all three volumes, (laughs) because the volume number three was about $40, Mm -hmm. and I was like, fuck it, I'll bite the bullet, get it. Mm -hmm. So I got it, and then it dropped down to $12, and I was like, damn it. (laughs) But then volume two was $40. And I said, fuck it. I'll bite the bullet. And I bought it. And it still remains to be very expensive. So I okay. haven't I haven't <laughs> regretted that one yet. And I got volume one. So I started reading those. Uh, I'm not very far. I did not know Madame Xanadu was that old. Mm-hmm. Apparently she's that old. Because um, uh, the Etrigan, Jason Blood Etrig- Etrigan, that story starts with Arthur- Arthurian. Okay. Stuff. Okay. So, Madame Xanadu, who has been around for a very long time, like in our world, like she's been mm-hmm. uh, since like the fifties. She hmm. was around for uh, House of Secrets. 
okay. which is like yeah. that original old stuff. Right. Um, and she has her own running story. She was a she was one of those characters that I was when I was reading the New Fifty Two, like, and I got into the Justice League Dark. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting character. Never heard of her. And then recently, when I made the list of all comic books that I can get, mm-hmm. like post uh, Silver Age, she popped up quite often. I was like, oh, she's a pretty historically consistent character. Interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm fascinated to learn more about her. Um, I have what else have I done? So started that. Uh, I read oh this. So. I have the DC Universe, which, side note, a little upset. They're putting the Titans on Netflix, which upsets me because uh, they, uh, we, I paid money to see that exclusively. Right. Then they said they're putting comics on Amazon Prime and Comixology, which upsets me because mm. that was also another exclusive thing. However, I learned recently that the comics they're putting on Comixology and Amazon Prime are some of the best stuff only post-2011. Okay. So, like, the Aquaman, Batwoman, uh, Batman runs, uh, mm-hmm. 2016 on, a lot of runs. Some of their best stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably to get people to read them and go, ooh, DC, and then want to go get. So, it's not Square like them. Tactics, yeah. It's not them going, like, oh, DC Universe is failing. Mm-hmm. All these people that spent 75 bucks on it. Sucks for them. Um, however, uh, uh, the... Um, Fuck, where was I? I just got a buzz from an email that was that took me a second to realize what they were talking about. Um, what was I saying? Uh, something about comics being yes. posted on Amazon. So, in DC Universe, so that was just a side note. In DC Universe, I was reading up through the New Teen Titans. Like, I will use the DC Universe to read the comics that I'm currently reading, but I don't want to bring the actual physical books with me on, like, when I went to a Sioux Falls for Gage's wedding, which I was best man of. That's also what I've been up to. Congrats, I was up Gage. there for, like, four days. Congratulations, Gage and Catherine. I love you guys so much. Live your song and dance. Only people who are there know that know what that means. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was, like, going through the list of comics that they have available. Mm-hmm. And it went up to New Teen Titans Volume 4, or Issue 40. Mm-hmm. I was reading volume 39 before I left. Ah. So I was like, there is not that much left that I can read that's on there. Not realizing that at starting at issue number 41, they started calling them the tales of the new teen Titans, which they also had like the next like 60 issues of that. (laughs) I realized that today actually. (laughs) Um, But since I didn't know that they had that, I was like, all right, I need something new to read. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like read something that I haven't read or like, I don't want to read something that I haven't read that I'm going to read soon. So I was like scrolling through. They had the first 60 issues of the original Detective Comics. Mm-hmm. So I went back and read those. Not all of those, but like right. the first couple, first like four or five issues. Not the original. Mm-hmm. 27 through like 31. Right. My God. <laughs> had comic books and not learned how to be comic books just yet. <laughs> it was so campy. It was so weird. So have you, you haven't, you've, uh, I can't remember if you've seen Oh Hello. No, I have not. For people who have seen Oh Hello, or have not seen Oh Hello, uh, they have this bit where they talk about one-sided telephone calls, mm-hmm. where they go, where they pick up the phone, and then they repeat back everything that the person on the phone says. Mm-hmm. For example, Commissioner Gordon, like panel three or four, picks up the phone and goes, 
Hello? What? This guy? Killed in his own room? By his own son? Like, (laughs) just saying the things. And then, fun fact, two pages later, they have he has another phone call where they do the phone speech bubble to the phone to hear what the other mm-hmm. person's saying. So, so they knew how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's so campy. Like, the, the not the splash page, splash page is a bigger, is the full page thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the banner at the very beginning was like, introducing the Batman, a mysterious character who we'll learn more about now or whatever. And then the first panel is like we start in Commissioner Gordon's uh in Commissioner Gordon's house with his socialite friend Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne's going, Hey, so uh how's life going? He's like, pretty good, but this Batman character intrigues me. And it's like, wow, they really get into it immediately. There was no beating around that bush. Yep. They were just like mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is phenomenal. It was it's it's so amusing to read as someone who's read a lot of comics okay. to go back to the original comics <laughs> and like see what got this entire culture started. Okay. Is it worth reading on more than just academic considerations, I guess? Uh elaborate. Like are you So is it worth reading on its own merits as just standalone stories or only because it is Because like, it's the original, the original. I think if you have enough respect for comic books, it is definitely worth a read because they're, like, amusing and mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of funny to read. Okay. It's – they're not fantastic, which Would've is expected. Would have surprised me if they were. <laughs> yeah, which is expected to be, like, given what they are. Yeah. So, like, I would say it benefits most from being read on an academic level, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that's entertaining to read. Okay. It's it's like watching like watching a terrible movie to for it to be a terrible movie mm-hmm. and be amused by it, but also given the fact that this terrible movie started an entire culture right. 70 years ago, 80 years ago. Yeah. So, I would definitely recommend reading them. If okay. you if you have the opportunity, don't spend money on it if you don't have to. Yeah. But if you have the opportunity, like, Matt, I'm going to give you my login to DC Universe one of these days. Eventually. <laughs> um, just just give it a read. Give it a yeah. give it a good old, like, look through and just be like, this is really amusing how different they are that they were back then. Okay. Back when they still had the hype in between Bat and Man. <laughs> <sighs> so that's what I've been up to. Mostly been up to wedding stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> but. Okay. All right. Oh. I also did another thing, which which uh, it would be a great segue if we didn't do the news segment next. I feel like we should start separate or switching the news and the what you've been up to. Well, no, no the flu, the flu, the flu, the flu, the flu, <laughs> the flow goes well into what you've been up to. Yeah. I, I also watched Unbreakable, which is going to come back. All right, we'll hear about that. Okay, but. But news, news, not really all that much. Uh, well, we finally got an actual trailer for Punisher season two. That's not what I thought you were going nope, for. That's not what you thought I was going. You for. know exactly what I, I know thought exactly you were going, what you're going for. <laughs> no, but we got like an actual trailer with footage and oh, cool. What we think the plot's going to be. Okay. Uh, it looks like sort of a road movie slash road TV show. Um, he rescues a teenage girl from sinister figures and is trying to shepherd her to safety while figuring out who the bad guys are and kill them okay um 
Jigsaw is also going to be on his trail. So they don't give away a lot, just sort of the basic bare bones of where it looks like they're going. So given the fact that three facts, one, okay. we know who Jigsaw, that Jigsaw is going to be in this. They obviously, I haven't seen the trailer, yeah. but given what you know, they've yeah. made it clear that it's Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Two, he's trying to figure out who the bad guys are. Mm-hmm. Three, that you've read a lot of, but uh, okay amount of Punisher stuff. Who do you think the big bad guy is? Uh, I'm pretty sure they actually confirmed him, and I'm just completely blanking on it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a it's a different guy. It's a new guy. Um, I think I mentioned it on news when they cast him like a month ago. Oh, but not sure. It is someone else. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, we do know because of the casting, so it's gonna kind of ruin the surprise when. Um, do you think it's possible that they're gonna go with a new with a different different guy like this other guy is kind of like a lieutenant? They totally the they totally could. I again they haven't given away a lot like the even the nature of what the bad guys are doing. Yeah. Or anything. There's no obvious reason why Punisher is involved in any of this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions, and it's a the first season was a good enough show on its own merits that I'm just excited to watch anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also got a Game of Thrones teaser. Yes, we did. I so appreciate that they film extra stuff for a teaser because there's no goddamn way that that's in the actual show. Yep. Like, there's no goddamn way that that's in the actual show. However, that also seems like a last shot of of the entire series kind of shot. If they do that, I will lose all respect for the entire show. Mm -hmm. That is such a nonsense way to end the show. Yep. However, that's definitely just a trailer shot. Yeah. I love it. Jon Snow's gotten a little pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> I will bet good money, not much good money because I don't have much good money, but <laughs> a, a small amount of good money that the final shot is one of the ones we've seen come back a couple times in Visions of uh, the the throne room in King's Landing with Frozen. snow falling through the, yep. through the hole in the roof on the uh, the throne spoilers for game of thrones for like a little bit i'm okay so i'm gonna spoilers through season seven uh the two teasers that we've gotten so far so there's the first one that's just like the map yeah and then there's fire and ice on it and then this one i'm pretty sure they're just explicitly telling us that everyone's gonna die and they're telling us how mm-hmm. so the first teaser you see like the lannister army the little wooden pieces with the lion's head yeah they get consumed by fire so the Daenerys. Yeah. Danny's gonna wipe them out. That's how the hole gets melted in the, the throne room ceiling. Okay. In the red keep. Dragon. Dragon's fire. They they rip it to shreds. So that place is abandoned. And then everyone else freezes in that first teaser. All the other armies freeze. So the White Walkers come in and slaughter everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then the second teaser, we see the our three main Starks. Uh well, technically one's a Targaryen. Uh yeah. John, Sansa, Arya. Um, we see them and then we see their statues in the, the place where they put all the statues of dead people. So they're all dead. And if they're dead, everyone else is dead. All right. So here's my thing. Okay. Here's how I would do things because I am sadistic when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you think the chances are that they thought of this ending, made all these trailers and they're going to keep making trailers hinting towards this ending, but it's completely fucking different. Like Danny dies episode two, 
and Arya kills everybody. Like, just a completely different ending. This is all just, like, a pump-up trailer series. Mm-hmm. But then they just go somewhere entirely different yeah. because they know this is where you expect it to go. Yeah, and I could I could totally see him being like, oh, our fans are going to dissect all these trailers. Let's just mislead the heck out I of would, them. I would absolutely do that. I would love them, and I would respect them so much more if they did that because that's knowing – that's not yeah. – that's you don't want things – you don't good people don't want to give things away in their trailers. Right. And this show is so smart that, like, I feel like they would know – if they did anything that was like metaphorical, mm-hmm. people would absolutely figure this out. Freaking subreddit free folk would analyze it to shreds yeah. and would just be like, this is exactly what's going to happen yeah. to the T. So yeah. they'd just be like, all right, let's just come up with a fake ending and then hint that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Honestly, I would love for everybody important, like everyone that's like almost important to die, like first two episodes mm-hmm. and the people you thought weren't like super important, like, Fucking Jorah Mormont and Grey Worm are the two that are alive at the end. Like they're the ones they made it through. Danny's dead, and they're like they made it through and killed everybody. Jorah Jorah gets Longclaw back, yeah, which can fight the White Walkers, kills the White Walkers, and yep. then Sam, who we all know is going to be alive right. at the end, dies. But Gilly's the one that figures everything out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's a there's a not entirely implausible theory that Jorah is the the prince that was promised yeah. Azor High. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I would love them if they did that, but I just – I really need them to kill everyone off because I'm pretty sure that's going to be the only satisfying way to end the show. Yeah. So. I think two people need to be alive. I don't know what two people those are, but there need to be two people that have shared the experience of going through that. Because if it's just one person, then it's just like this old kooky guy that went through right. the war. But if there's two people, then – and like obviously still kind of like a population, but two mm-hmm. heroes, they can be the ones that are like, all right, look – Everyone that's still alive, we fucking fought and saved your lives. We're going to build a new society, okay. and it's the two of them. There need to be two. Okay. Three is too many because that's when con- like big conflicts start happening. That's right. when you got the two and then the one person who's separate from the other two. Yep. And then conflict. You have one person. He's just the old kooky king. You got two people, and they're just like, all right, you and I got to be buddies. <laughs> like, watch it be goddamn, like, Tormund and Melisande – or Tormund and Missandei. Yep. Like the two of, of them are the ones yeah. that are alive. <laughs> <laughs> and they just like start a society. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Makes sense to me. All right. Okay. Sorry for the Game of Thrones spoilers. And spoilers. I'll try to remember to put a time code in the description but will or something. You, though? I'll, I'll try to remember. I can't promise I will. Yeah. All right. Um, Anything else? I've news? got some other small uh news i'm trying to decipher what does that mean oh uh spider-man trailer is apparently dropping tomorrow so whoa really timing on our part yep oh shit all right yeah well we'll have speculation for you next time i would like to speculate before the trailer is dropped okay that endgame is the end of the shared universe and they're doing one-off movies after this okay I would like to speculate that at the very end of this trailer, it's going to be fucking mask off. It's a black kid. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I would like to see. Yeah. Because then they like all this, all this news and Tom Holland, like spoiling things. Like, I feel like they, like Tom Holland, I feel like doesn't spoil things on accident as much as people lead on. No. Like he's definitely talked about, I watched interviews of him spoiling things and he's talked about like, Oh, the second movie. And then, like, when, when they were still filming uh, mm-hmm. Homecoming, he was like, Spider-Man 1, whoop, 
As a Spider-Man, like as a Spider-Man they, they plan what those guys say down to the, the comma yeah. and the stuff. And then but later like, he talked about a trilogy of Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Like, I feel like all these things were just misleading. Yeah. And he's actually dead. And now it's Miles Morales. Okay. Because, guys, for fuck's sake. Like, oh, well, I was about to say, make a black person a, a star. But then remember Black Panther happened. That happened and made like a billion and it a half did. dollars this year. <laughs> but no, that'd be awesome. Speaking of movies that made a billion dollars this year, Aquaman, Aquaman just crossed that threshold. Good. Yeah. Aquaman did the good things. It had a solid domestic performance and did really well overseas. Yeah. Um, and presumably underseas as well, but I don't think those get counted in the worldwide gross. No, not really. Yeah. Their currency is a little – their inflation is pretty insane. Yeah. I, I don't even know what the sand dollar to U.S. dollar rate is, but – Yeah. It's, it's not great. Not great. Um. Anyway, yeah, no, uh, I mean, that was the sort of movie that was always going to do well overseas. It's not a complicated plot. Lots of really nice visuals and action. Yeah. Uh, so. This is us being racist and saying that the people overseas are dumb and only only like big, loud movies. No, it's us saying that it's us saying that there's a language barrier that sometimes means that the nuances of plot and dialogue are yeah. not properly I, I was also joking. I know. <laughs> well, no, to the people that, like, take things a little too literally. Yeah. We were joking. We were joking. Do not bring this up in court. I mean, you could, and we'd have fun tearing you to shreds, but... Yeah. And also, we'd get more publicity. It's true. Bad publicity. was it? There's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. Yep. Take us to court. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, X-Force apparently might be canceled. Rob Liefeld said so, but there doesn't appear to be any official confirmation from the anyone that actually matters. Comic? No, the movie. Okay, whoa, hold the fuck up. Why is Rob Liefeld involved in movies? I don't think that he is. I think this is just him saying something that was a just a speculation and it's gotten blown out of proportion, but I'm reporting on it anyway because I'm irresponsible. Why is Rob Liefeld have a career? <laughs> uh, I'm so mean to him. Yes, you really are. <laughs> He's um, historically a great like comic person, but it's just... It just doesn't make sense how he just keeps getting work when he's just a laughing stock. I don't know. This is ridiculous. I feel like he would make a character called Laughing Stock. Probably. And it would just be like the person, their armor is just made up of gun stocks with smiley faces on them. <laughs> is that the best you could come up with? <laughs> it's the best Rob Liefeld could fucking come up with. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's, it's just a little side of me shitting on Rob Liefeld. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure how plausible that is, but it kind of makes sense given that these are a lot of characters that now that the Disney Fox merger is going through, these mm -hmm. are characters that the Marvel Studios might want to grab and introduce in their own way. Yeah. Rather than play them off in a movie that was already sort of planned by a different organization. You think they'd keep uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? I really hope they would. It'd be such a dumb idea to not. Yeah. Like I don't think they're that dumb. There's no I think this is a more perfect casting than Robert Downey Jr. Like uh, there's a, yep. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to argue with you. It's just a perfect casting for yeah. Wade Wilson. Um I could I could see them doing like sort of what DC is doing with the with their Joker movie like sort of a black label for movies. Mm -hmm. I could see Marvel doing a I don't know, a max label for movies that they yeah. can put Deadpool and more interesting stuff in. Okay, I don't know which episode this what was this should have been, but like forever ago, I read the second issue of Batman Damned. Oh. It's still fucking amazing. 
Okay. Just a side thing. Like that was like a month ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't. Jesus, the next issue of Heroes in Crisis is out, and I gotta go get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I gotta get that tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to news. Back to news. Uh, let's see. Oh, the last thing I had was Christopher McQuarrie is confirmed for Mission Impossible 7 and 8, which will be filming back-to-back and being released summer 2021 and 22. Oh. What? I'm really skeptical. No, no, not about Mission Impossible continuing. I'm always skeptical about them doing, like, stuff like that, where they're like, we're doing really quick movies. Like, well, if they're filming it back-to-back, they're kind of treating it as, like, one, one big movie. big overarching movie. Yeah. And there's it, there's a long time between now and summer 2021, mm-hmm. let alone 2022. Yeah. So the only one I can great. think of that's successful where they're like that that has actually happened mm-hmm. is well I don't know about Lord of the Rings announcements like it was just their trailers that said 99 2021 or 99,000 2001. Those were not the years. What? One two three. Fucking hell! I knew one was involved as an end. I thought it was whatever. Other end. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I just watched no, the uh, I didn't <laughs> Harry Potter Deathly Hallows did that. Oh, both yeah. parts. It's uh, it's it's doable. All right. Yeah. And okay. Christopher McQuarrie's apparently very good at making Mission Impossible movies. Did uh Superman die in those movies? What? Fucking Henry Cavill. Yes. His character died. Okay. Yes. I he got a hook to the face and fell off a cliff and exploded. Oh yeah. Killed him like four different Bond villain ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm. My immediate spit take on this was that they're coming up with some sort of grand arc to end and Tom, Tom Cruise's. Cruise. That's exactly story of the what career. I was thinking of when you when you were talking yeah. about it. So like one, the first movie is sort of to face him out, and the second one's to usher in the new generation. Yeah. Or two movies to sort of set that all up i don't i don't know but that seems like the direction they'd take especially because i realize now that tom cruise has been doing these movies for 25 years or he will have been yeah. by the time the first one of the by the time seven comes crazy out. yeah it's insane and he's gonna be pushing 60 so. oh my god <laughs> he's so old yeah old man tom cruise <laughs> Jeez. and how how old is uh liam neeson uh also old, but yeah. I don't know how old. God, we need to get. Do we have any like Liam Neeson, Tom Cruise equivalents, like the one that's just always in an action movie? Well, Liam Neeson wasn't always in an action movie until Taken. Uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, but. Well, no, so I guess Tom, my the equivalent of Tom Cruise. Yeah, like, like a, the one just that's a, just a... the movie star. Yeah. Uh, sort of Chris Pratt, I guess. He got engaged. Yeah. To, to Schwarzenegger's Catherine, daughter. Catherine Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Good for him, I guess. That's news. We don't care. Yeah. Didn't they, didn't he break up with, or didn't he and uh, Anna Ferris break up like five months ago? <laughs> I think it was more like a year, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we're at 35 minutes. Okay. If I, beat I don't you. know. We'll we'll speculate more on that when we got more to speculate yeah. about but any other news nope that's all i got all right so today we're talking about something so glass is coming out that's true glass is a thing mm-hmm. what is glass? Is, it is very 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 hot sand 
like Alaria Sand. And she's kind of attractive. The sand I don't know which I don't know which one's the hot one. Uh, Wong, Wang. Whoever played Colleen? Oh, Wing. Wing. Colleen Wing. Yes. Colleen Wing's the Jessica hot. Henwick. Colleen Wing is the hot sand sister. You know something crazy? She was in Game of Thrones, and the menu, and Star Wars. When was she in Star Wars? Oh, wait. she was a minor fighter pilot. They got like three lines in Episode Seven. No way. Yes way. What a girl. <laughs> yeah. Just low key and everything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sand. So anyway. no, not sand glass. <laughs> <laughs> So Glass is a movie that is taking a movie that was kind of a comic book or a superhero movie, mm-hmm. then a movie that was not a superhero movie, it was more of a thriller, but mm-hmm. then, oops, time to go to bed. Guess I'm running the rest of the episode solo. Uh, yeah, so Unbreakable was M. Night Shyamalan's second movie. It came out in, I think, 96? Um, basically, it was one of the first high-profile superhero movies to not have a comic book origin. And then he followed that up with Split, a couple years ago that was not a superhero movie but was apparently set in the same universe and so now he's got glass coming out this week this week i think uh which is sort of bringing those two together and capping off the trilogy. Trilogy. yes yes uh, so this is glass is essentially taking unbreakable which we'll talk about i was mm-hmm. gonna use adjectives but i think we'll just talk about it mm-hmm. and and split and making it a superhero universe, mm-hmm. a solid superhero universe, and making it a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. A superhero movie that is not based in comic books. So. Which is a very interesting genre mm-hmm. that we are going to talk about. Okay. Extensively. As extensively as we can manage. Matt, name four movies that are not superhero, that are not comic book based superhero movies. Crap, you beat me to it. I was hoping I would be able to ask you because I forgot all of them except for Unbreakable and Sky High. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hancock. Hancock, that's right. Incredibles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those were the four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, there's Incredibles 2. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there's also Brightburn, which is coming out. That's the take on Superman's origin, but what if he was bad? So I'm the kid. Yep. <laughs> so. there's, a, there's a long list. I'm actually going to pull that list up because... At the last episode, at the very end, I mm-hmm. just really quickly listed off all of them. Right. And I also looked at it recently, which is why I remembered Hancock. Mm-hmm. I was going to watch Hancock, but I wanted to keep watching Game of Thrones. I've been watching it through yeah. it on my own, I've, aside from Tier C, so that yeah. I can like just watch it on my own pace. I've seen um, Hancock, and it is – it's such a disappointing waste of a really let's good st- concept. Let's start with Hancock. Okay. Let's start with Hancock. So, so okay, so what is the – I don't really know what my question is. <laughs> so what is Hancock? What is Han- what is Hancock? What makes Hancock something that you can look at it and go, this is a superhero movie that is not based from comic books? Well, I mean, it's... the fact Besides the fact besides that it's a superhero f- movie and it's not based in <laughs> comic books. Yeah. I don't know what my no, question like is. The, well, the main character is a guy who's got approximately the Superman. basic Superman power set. Yep. He can fly. He's super strong. Um, I don't think he's got supervision or anything like that he just flies and is strong yeah uh and it doesn't have an obvious comic origin because it's kind of just it's he's the only superhero in this world second he's not the only in the world as you understand it at the beginning of the movie okay he's the only superhero yeah it's later revealed that he's part of a race of angels or something 
that if yeah, they get too close together, that's right? Then they then lose all their powers. They lose all their powers, and it's a really stupid attempt to inject some mythology and backstory into an otherwise pretty good concept. Yeah, sort of exploring the um in a really limited scope. It sort of explores, okay, what if you had a superhero who just because he's powerful is uh, an alcoholic and doesn't really care and he tries to save people, but he's bad at it. Okay, so here's here. I guess here's my question: What makes and we're this I this is the question I want to come back multiple come back to multiple times. Mm-hmm. What makes Hancock interesting as a superhero movie that and makes it different from comic books that it couldn't have been done in the comic books? Uh, I think part of it is it's kind of just it's only Hancock in the universe, mm-hmm. and so it's like he is the guy. There's no Justice League around him. There's no cast of supporting characters it's just our world with this one super powerful guy Mm -hmm. uh it also i think put some interesting spins on it and like you couldn't really take a classic character like superman and have him be a foul-mouthed alcoholic yeah uh and if you were to make up a just a new comic book character i don't think they would have enough legitimacy Mm -hmm. to do that so it's easier to just start with a new character and cast a high profile name and say hey this is a new thing yeah um as to why it's interesting as a superhero movie i think sort of it if it had worked in a better i'm not saying it's terrible but if it had been in a better movie it would have been a interesting exploration of what makes a superhero a superhero Mm -hmm. because like he's well-intentioned the whole time yeah but just kind of sloppy uh, so sort of the the premise of at least the well, except when he first stuff literally sexually harasses a woman walking past him at the beginning. Well, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. It was like 2008. It was a different time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. So basically, the premise of the first half, at least, is that uh, Jason Bateman's character, who I don't care about his name, uh, yeah, he's a he's a PR agent who gets saved by Hancock. Um, like he gets stuck on train tracks or something. And, yeah. Hancock saves him. I think. Hancock saves him by destroying the train and destroying the car, something like that. And well, so no, that's actually what it is. So like, okay. he takes the car, flips it so that it gets off the track, and then crashes onto the car behind it. Mm-hmm. And then he just stands in the train track and stops the train dead at its tracks and destroys the entire train. That's right. Meanwhile, everyone around him is like, "Why the fuck didn't you just take the car, lift it in the air, let the paint train pass?" And then set the car back down. And that introduces this concept that Hancock is not the brightest bulb in the box. Right. <laughs> He's kind of just a normal person of normal intelligence at best if he's not. A little alcohol. less. Like, I even I could have thought of, like, just lift the car up. <laughs> right. Um, And so Jason Bateman's character, he's, like, trying to get him to be sort of the classic ideal of a superhero. And it's sort of it's sort of a question of how much do your actions and how much do your intentions determine um, how that all works and um, how much does image play into that? Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting concept and I would, yeah. I would have liked to have seen it better done. Mm-hmm. That's a movie I wouldn't mind seeing remade in 20 years with sort of a better sense of what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. All right. Um, Incredibles. Incredible. Incredibles movie. is kind of its own its own thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's part of this prolonged kind of Pixar doing interesting stories mm-hmm. that are not 
necessarily cliche, uh, but it just goes, let's just make a superhero family. Right. Um, it draws on a lot of elements yeah. of superhero comics. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder what makes it, uh, so I guess the question is, what what made this movie that's not something that would show up in comics? Uh, I think part of the thing is that it's Pixar, so it's much more of like a just a straight up kids movie. Um, I think another part of it is that it's supposed to introduce you to the superhero dominated world at face value. So you you take all the tropes and ideas that you associate with sort of the superhero as a type, as an archetype. Mm-hmm but you don't have any sort of history or associations tied to any of the specific characters. So you can let them be as characters and you can explore some of the ideas more abstractly, I guess about what it means to be a superhero. And it seems like that's a theme we're getting into a little bit here and what superheroics are. And so just like some of the interesting questions, like, I don't know the take the syndrome quote. And if, everybody's super than nobody is it gets to it gets to play with some directions like that because i think it can treat the world a little more abstractly than a comic book with an established mythology could well so the uh, you you mentioned i keep hitting my mic uh you mentioned playing with ideas that shit fuck those are the exact words that you said (laughs) my brain is I'm trying to put things together. You said it plays with, or it, it uses concepts from comic books. Right. So the idea of, I just want to pull that, pull this back to DC because that's my expertise. Okay. Um, if everybody's super, everybody's super and the nobody is, mm-hmm. um, the Everyman project actually kind of plays with that idea. Okay. So in DC, the world, they have this kind of like, so Marvel has mutants, which is right. kind of the, consistency of the x-men in that world Mm -hmm. uh dc through the entire universe has the metagene okay um every single person has a meta i believe every single person has a metagene um activating the metagene is what gives you superpowers so for instance um the flash got struck Mm -hmm. by lightning and certain chemicals activated his metagene gave giving him the super speed okay wally west had the exact same metagene so he got the same superpowers under the same circumstances. Okay. Uh, Black Lightning got the same, got his power, or not the same, got his powers under certain circumstances. Vibe got his powers under certain circumstances. All these people got their powers under certain circumstances. The Everyman Project is a Lex Luthor formed project that was just like, hey, come and I will activate your metagene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders is actually playing with that idea. Okay. Uh, giving Geoforce and Terra their powers and Plasmus their, Plasmus their powers through the Metagene Project uh, run by uh, Baron Bedlam. Okay. Who was a villain through the Batman arc, uh, Batman, uh, uh, Batman and the Outsiders comic run. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Everyman Project kind of plays with that idea that we've got all these superpower, uh, all these superheroes. Why did they get the power of being superheroes why Mm -hmm. can't everybody so come and get your superpowers okay and then i don't remember really what the i believe that was during the 52 run i'm not entirely certain Mm -hmm. it could be in a different storyline but i believe it's in the 52 um not the new 52 52 which is the weekly 
for a year run after uh-huh. Infinite Crisis, which is when the Trinity took its time off. Okay. Um, so that that's kind of me tying that in is that like that concept was taken. When was Incredibles released? Two thousand four. Woo! Infinite Crisis was two thousand four, meaning fifty two was two thousand five. Ha! Wow. <laughs> they had. They, I mean, to be honest, they had to be writing that story before Incredibles came out. Probably. I wonder if that was like a moment where they were like writing the comic and then they like went with their family to watch Incredibles and were like, "Fucking damn it! <laughs> no!" <laughs> yeah, a little bit of convergent evolution. Yeah. Like, um, fun fact: Did you know that there is, uh, both an American and a British cartoon called Dennis the Menace? Both of them were released on the same day by people that had no idea the other one existed. Really? Yeah. That is, I love shit like that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite weird coincidences. Yeah. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that. Did you know a pregnant goldfish is called a twit? I didn't. Hey, Gage, text me when you get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact that I got from Gage. Okay. Also, did you know a kiwi was called a... Oh, no. Uh. Oh, no. I can't remember what it's called. A kiwi was called something different until it got exported from something else. No, Gage. A New Zealander? Comment. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gage, comment what the actual fact <laughs> is. You know that. Anyway, anyway. I'm intoxicated. Uh, so another point I wanted to make about Incredibles that I thought about after thinking about it is it can be a little more self-referential about superhero dumb. The, yeah. the no cape speech and the whole monologuing concept. Yeah. You get to introduce stuff like that without feeling like you're tearing down some established universe. Yeah. Because it is just more of an abstract, hey, superheroes. Yeah. Specific heroes. and building It definitely, I think given the fact that it is a universe that has a lot of superheroes mm-hmm. and in ethos it has like certain things have failed the heroes like capes, mm-hmm. it it tears itself down in that way. Yeah. It's not like if Hancock or, okay. So let's, let's start to kind of tie this back into like the reason we're doing this episode mm-hmm. in unbreakable. You've seen unbreakable, right? Yes. Okay. I remember that you had, neither of us had seen it. Right. And then now we both have, um, in unbreakable, uh, Elijah glass bases a lot or Elijah price, Pierce price, 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 uh, bases a lot of his knowledge on active, comics and the marvel comics like (laughs) comic books that he has Mm -hmm. so there is this like the movie itself brings in these other two major real life comic books and if they were to make a comment like don't wear that poncho because it's like a cape and you'll fucking die Mm -hmm. it's tearing down these real life things right but being incredibles where they have their own universe Mm -hmm. of themselves that have that have, mis- ha- that have had mistakes made, mm-hmm. then it doesn't tear down real life things. Which right. is, I think why it works with Incredibles and would not have worked with Unbreakable or mm-hmm. Hancock. Okay, because I believe also Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, yeah. yeah, Jason Bateman's character. I believe he also brings up comic books, or I think the kid does. Might be. I don't know. I saw Hancock about eight years ago. I saw it like seven years ago. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, like, so those two movies brought in real-life comic books. Mm-hmm. Had they shit on comic book stuff, it would not have gone well. But Incredibles does not bring those in, right. and it's their own ethos. Okay. I buy it. All right, so into Unbreakable. Let's talk Unbreakable. Oh, also Sky High. 
Okay. Sky High is just fantastic. Sky High is just fun. It's not like a phenomenal movie, but it's just great. They totally, absolutely have Superman and Poison Ivy and just mm -hmm. the the idea that powers are brought through genes and they have their own like lore and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful movie. Mm -hmm. It's a great way. It's it's the one of the things that and Teen Titans are the things that got me into this. Okay. <laughs> Ring so, endorsement. It's a no sarcasm. No, not no sarcasm <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a it's a great movie. I'd, yeah. I want to go back and watch it. I think I did watch it recently and I was just like, "Woof, this is not hold up that that well." But I I can't bring myself to rewatch it because I know <laughs> that those nostalgic goggles are really tinted oh, yeah. strong on this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, we should just get really drunk and watch it. Yeah. That sounds really fun. That sounds very fun. Let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so okay, so Unbreakable. So yeah. Anything you want to say initially about Unbreakable? I don't like this movie as a lot as much as a lot of people. Really? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Okay. All right, let's let's get into this. So what what didn't you like about it? It We're going to try not to make this a review because <laughs> we both just recently watched it. So we're gonna... No, I I watched it a long time ago. Oh, you did. Split's the one I haven't seen. Oh. Yeah, I watched Unbreakable in high school, probably. Okay. Uh No, what I I like a lot of the concepts, but it feels like the whole movie everyone is just ignoring the fact that this guy is clearly got something superhuman going on yes but given okay so i think we're gonna if you haven't seen unbreakable it is an old movie however it's an m night Shyamalan uh epitome of a great kind of twist ending at the end mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it and you don't know the ending uh this would be a good chance for you to just stop listening i think we're pretty much good yeah for the rest of the movie thanks for listening bye bye stop listening do the things <laughs> um given the reveal that he has been part of like all of these fucking murders mm -hmm. implied they explicitly talk about the three that were right. recurring right but it implies that he has been a part of all of these mass tragedies mm -hmm. um i think just the soul soul survivor quote unquote mm -hmm. it's just kind of a, like a People see it as, oh, it's a coincidence. That person just happened to be right in the right spot of the train that didn't get obliterated. Yeah. Because they never talk about the condition of the person in these stories. Right. Like, uh, you can you can walk out of a hospital if you have a concussion and, like, some pretty bad bruises, which, if you're lucky enough in a train crash like that, you might end up walking out of with. Yeah. So it's probably just like the media and the population is like super goddamn lucky, dude. Yeah, no, like that's plausible. God but then <laughs> it takes it takes him so much movie time to start to realize that he does have these powers, and the buildup feels just unnecessarily slowed down. I think partly because this is this was Shyamalan's second movie. His first was The Sixth Sense. Oh shit! Which also has a big twist ending and so i think that one which kind of took the world by storm because it was one of the first movies to have a huge twist like that at the end mm -hmm. um or one of the first high profile ones i think he was like oh this is something that people like this is my bread and butter so it felt like he wanted to end with the glass twist mm -hmm. uh rather than build the story more organically paced 
It did. One thing I did get bothered with, like, I read the synopsis of the thing. It's like, this guy needs to find the secret of his powers and stuff, and it builds up. It's like, where does he get these powers? Where does he get the powers? Oh, this other guy did these things, and then it ends. And yeah. It's like, fuck it, where did he get his powers? Yeah. I never got the answer. <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of a meandering quest that yeah. doesn't have an obvious purpose. Uh, I do like some of the stuff. Um, I'm not a fan instinctively of sort of the protective superpower where he can like sense weapons and hostility and stuff. But I do like the way that uh, him and glass sort of glass sort of tries to get him to use that. Yeah. Uh, That stuff's kind of fun to me. Yeah. I really, really, really liked the premise. And this is something that I've been a fan of for a long time, even through the Assassin's Creed games Mm -hmm. of using something that is in our current culture and explaining it through evolution of oral storytelling. Okay. Like how um, in Assassin's Creed, it's the those who came before. Were, mm-hmm. So you've played the Brotherhood. You've played Brotherhood. At the beginning, Very those briefly. people, those hologram people. Mm-hmm. So those are, the, those are those who came before, the first civilization. It was just this other civilization of very, very, very highly intelligent people okay. that built all these machines and blah, blah, blah. They were the people that we now think of as the Roman gods. Okay. Like, they were just a very hyper-intelligent uh, civilization before us that we were very trivial and, like, almost Neanderthal when they were around. Mm-hmm. So we saw these people and were like, these are gods. And then, like, orally, they became just these actual gods through Greek and Roman mythology. Okay. Um, and they explained that very well through that entire game series. Mm-hmm. Or not the entire game series. Up through kind of through three and then it ends right um this one does a really interesting thing where it goes we have all these comic books that talk about psychics and super strength and invulnerability and stuff Mm -hmm. that come that comes from like every the the premise that every lie has an ounce of truth yeah these come from things like instinct Mm -hmm. so psychological like it's not like that you you are not like psycho uh Psychopathic. Psychopathic? Not psychopath. <laughs> not psychopathic. Uh, not telepathic, because that's picking things up. No, it's telekinetic. Yeah, telepathic. telepathic. Yeah. You're not telepathic. You have just an insanely good instinct about you see a person that's walking, they look a little out of place, mm-hmm. and then you just have a, a kind of a impulse, like like deja vu almost. Yeah. I had deja vu while, like before I gave my best man speech. I was sitting there. And the bride's dad was giving a speech, and I was like, oh, my God, fucking the way he's standing. Just the entire situation was insane deja vu. Mm -hmm. Kind of like taking that, if we were to write a story following the premise of Unbreakable, that deja vu is something that has happened, and it has just been blown up through fiction to be a superpower of Mm -hmm. you can see the past kind of thing. Okay, And I like that premise that someone with, uh, David Dunn's instinct mm-hmm. was seen. Someone wrote a story about that, and that developed into fortune telling almost. Yeah, that that taking something from reality and twisting it, not necessarily on purpose, but just seeing this person as more than they are. Mm-hmm. And I really like that idea that there are these people in this world that are just very slightly gifted, mm-hmm. and it has exploded into being Sentry Man, which is Superman. Yeah. 
which I also found very entertaining that they used all of the Marvel properties, but then they used active comics with Sentry Man. And I was like, <laughs> so is there like a, is there a thing that Warner Brothers did not let you use? Well, so this came out in the 90s. Marvel as a company at that point was really struggling. Remember, uh, this is not long after they'd had to sell off Fantastic Four yeah, and Spider-Man and everyone else. <laughs> DC, by comparison, was doing much better. Was doing fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they were, like, still kind of running on the high of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. They were doing, uh, so this was around 90s. So this was Death of Superman, Nightfall. Yeah. Like, this was, like, some of their big shit. They were obviously like, nah, we got it. Yeah. We don't need your need your assistance with putting this on screen. Marvel's just desperate for this. Yeah, they're like, put us somewhere! (laughs) Put us on a screen! Yeah. If I see Spider-Man that's, like, where, where the name is bigger than two feet, I'll, I will be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, to your point, though, I I really like a lot of the ideas in mm-hmm. Unbreakable, but as an actual movie and story, it didn't come together for me super well. Yeah. It definitely had an ending that I feel like, had they not made the movie about David if. If they could redo this movie, I would like them to not make it that he did not know he had the powers, mm-hmm. but that he did know. Because they had kind of had that flashback. He realized he had the powers. Yeah. If they, from that point on, he was like, I'm invincible. This is fucking terrifying. Yeah. I'm going to hide it. Yeah. And if he makes it his entire life, he's hiding it. And like the little things like maybe he doesn't know he has the, the instinct power. He just knows he's strong. Like mm-hmm. that's something he doesn't know. And the things that like, he does. He accidentally goes into protection because that's just the way he is. Right. Another instinct kind of thing. Those little things. But if they made the deal about like who is this Elijah Pierce guy and then revealed it, that would be a much more solid movie. A yeah. movie that like you get satisfaction because we still have no idea. They'll probably explain it in Glass, but like the premise of Unbreakable was finding out where he got his powers from. Mm-hmm. Don't do that twenty years later. Right. Um, but it, no. So I, I, I get what you're saying where mm-hmm. it's like, ah, yeah, but I still really enjoy that movie. Okay. That's, that is entirely fair. I'm a little kind of concerned cause they did. We never, we never found out if he was bulletproof. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. We know he's very, very strong. Well, presumably if he gets too close to Charlize they're on, he's not. Yeah. God, was she in this movie? No. Okay. She was the she was the other angel in. I, I know that. I didn't know if she was in this movie. Um, so he can't break bones. He can't. Uh, his fear is water. Mm-hmm. So that sure, or his weakness is water. He's very strong. We don't know if he's bulletproof. Mm-hmm. I was pretty certain that kid was going to st- shoot, and it was going to be like a kind of like the the Shazam trailer it was like, oh, I'm bulletproof kind of thing yeah um we don't know if he's bulletproof uh and at the end of the movie he only seemed kind of like vaguely stronger right just able to hold on to the guy through like kind of just a big fight hasn't that th- nothing really more he lifted what 350 pounds was i think the, the end that they did something like that um i've known people that can bench 350 yeah pounds. that's not unheard of the fact yeah. that he was able to do it pretty easily like after all that is very impressive right but that's not unheard of it's like a third of the world record yeah um but then in the glass trailer it seems like he's just straight up superman like he's just throwing people across a room yeah um so Maybe. i'm a little concerned that they're going to go 
extreme with this and just be like, nah, he's just fucking Superman, nah. Maybe time jump, then he's come into his powers a little more. Yeah, more comfortable hit puberty, with like hit puberty too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce um, Willis gets his hair back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking Superman with a widow's peak. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, I also really liked at the end of Unbreakable how they did the, the text that kind of they do it like, the end of uh, nonfiction-based movies, mm-hmm. like like Schindler's List, where they say where these people are now. Yeah. And it's just like, he was arrested. He's doing this or whatever. And it's just like, fucking, is this based on a true story? <laughs> and then they just like run out of like budget to film the rest of this? Well, like I said, he, he likes his twist. He, he, he realized his bread and butter was going to be twist endings. And so you can't have a twist ending and then have a whole denouement after that. Yeah, that's true. But... No, uh, so this as a so well, God, I did it again. As a superhero movie that's not based in a comic book, I really like this one. I think looking at this specific that specific genre, those words, mm-hmm. I think this is my favorite one. Okay, because it takes it takes it, it does something that I like where it takes a something that's very trivial and blows it. It has the mm-hmm. human kind of intuition to blow it out of proportion right um and it's interesting ways that it does it like i i like to read i like to see people's explanations for deja vu mm-hmm. um one of my favorite ones that every time you have deja vu it's because like that's that's a moment that a universe splits off at that moment and that mm-hmm. your deja vu is the thing that makes it split off because okay. considering that there's eight billion people in this world certainly someone's having deja vu at every moment so every single instant, there's a universe splitting off. Being that's the moment that it bec- that it diverges. So right now, there's another universe that's the exact same. But the moment you have deja vu, that's when a universe splits off. I like that idea. I don't even remotely buy it, but I think it'd be great in a sci-fi yeah, story. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, <laughs> it, th- that's my favorite because yeah. it's something that's just like, all right, that's interesting, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of what this does. It okay. takes this idea of humans are just marginally better than other humans mm-hmm. suddenly superman <laughs> yeah no i i i like the world building and mythology and sort of approach to the superhero genre from a different direction the mm-hmm. most in this one but if we're talking just purely as a movie nothing's going to top incredibles for me mm-hmm. that's fair yeah because there aren't a whole lot of movies in general that are going to top incredibles for yeah me. no it's no and, and that's what i'm <laughs> talking about and or that's why I was saying, like, if you look at those specific words, just superhero right. movie that's not a, based on a comic book, right. I really like Unbreakable. Um, do you think that Glass is going to go uh, – bring it back a little bit from what I was going to say. Do you think that Glass is going to bring in all those other soul survivors that we saw at the end of Unbreakable? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm going to go see – when is Glass? We need to go see Glass. Now that we're actually kind of minorly inv- invested in this, I do want, need to go see Glass. Yeah, need to see Split first. Yeah. We yeah. should, you, me, and Andrew should go see it. Or not go see it, but I have it on Amazon Prime now. Okay. So we should watch it one of these nights. Okay. And then Glass comes out Thursday, right? I think so. We should get that ticket. I bought the Cap- the Carol Danvers I saw ticket. That. Yes. All right. Okay. Shall we? But I had more to say. Oh, go fucking say it. I I did actually have one final question. Yeah. Uh, Even in all our talking, we've only named like a half dozen examples of this. Do you Mm -hmm. think there's a a reason that this hasn't been a more popular genre? 
I do. Okay. And I think it's the same reason that there have not been any more comic book companies that have come out of the woodwork beyond Marvel and DC is because okay. after 80 years mm-hmm. of just so much, it's really hard to come up with something original for that kind of genre. Okay. It's hard to come up with like a superhero that is not a copy paste from another superhero. Yep. And it's hard to come up with ideas that like I, I don't, I have yet to have a single idea that's an original character, original superpower set, and an original story idea that would work in a full film. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a long list of superhero movies, none of which I've heard of. Yeah, because obviously they're not that great. Yeah, um, stuff that I've come up with work in a four-issue volume or four-issue comic book thing, a short story, a short film, like right. small things, and I think it's just. It's hard to come up with stuff like that that would work. Okay. Um, I think Unbreakable did a good job. Incredibles was just kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Sky High was good. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and also, just in the time when everyone's suing everybody else. Yeah. And also, like, I wouldn't see a studio being willing to bet that much money on something when they could just bet the money on a sure bet property like marvel or dc yeah absolutely so they're gonna stick to proven winners rather than take a risk on something like this i think we may see more of this stuff kind of in the future like in the far future once marvel and dc have kind of settled on their movie stuff yeah um like i think we'll see so we talked we've had this conversation before like the era of movie genre Mm -hmm. so next we have kind of come to the conclusion it's going to be like hyper Mm sci-fi um i think once that genre has faded we might start to see like some resurgence of comic book stuff of people just like playing with that idea Mm -hmm. um they're kind of doing that with like westerns a little bit now Mm -hmm. which is kind of like what i'm basing that idea on okay but I think it's more likely we'd see them soon as the superhero genre enters its decline phase. People will be more willing to take risks, take, take risks and take different directions to look at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've already got stuff like uh, within universe Deadpool and Logan that's taken sort of a different approach to the genre. And so yeah. I think this is just the next logical extension. And I think Brightburn is kind of an intermediate step Yeah. in that. So I'm looking forward to see how that goes. Yeah. And if that, if that turns out to be good and makes a decent amount of money, maybe that'll help catalyze that. Shift. I would like to see more of that stuff because you can only do so much with characters that exist mm-hmm. that haven't been done that also doesn't violate the mythos of the character. Right. Yeah. Like like I was talking about with Incredibles, there's you've got to if you can build a fresh universe where you take sort of the tropes and general ideas, but you don't have any of those ties to mythology. Yeah. You got some room to play. Yep. All right. All right. Shall we now? We shall now. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to us talk about superhero movies that are not based on comic books. What are we talking about <laughs> next week? Oh, that's a good question. Keep doing your, uh, intro, your you can intro. You can find this podcast and our other episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean. You should also check out our YouTube channel because maybe eventually we'll post something there. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We're just Just Us Losers. You know how to search on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Justice Losers Pod. Preston is is manning the the Twitters. He's he's got an ugly look on his face, but I'm going to finish saying my thing. Um, 
He's also always got an ugly look on his face because hey! <laughs> we're also on Instagram at just as losers pod. And I'm going to try to be better about actually posting things on there occasionally. Uh, we're also at, on Gmail at just as losers pod at gmail.com. Uh, so if you want to, I don't know, tell us all about the superhero movies that are not comic book movies that we forgot, you can send us your longer rants there or your shorter rants at Twitter. Uh, what's our episode topic next week? We don't have something decided, so I just decided we are going to do characters that DC and Marvel have a very clear counterpart. Okay. That's a good topic. So you and I will start to research that. I'll do it when I'm bored at work. I'm not going to be bored at work. I'm so fucking busy for the next four weeks. Um, We'll figure out some superheroes that have a very clear counterpart, like Vision and Martian Mayhunter, Hawkeye and uh, Aquaman. (laughs) What? Hawkeye and Green Arrow, Aquaman and Namor, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Then we will research our respective characters. Okay. And then we will come together and do like five or five of them or something. Explain how Marvel mostly just rips them off DC. Yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah. We'll try to we'll try to be fair. I've got a list of four characters that I've ever seen that Marvel came up with their characters first mm-hmm. through my extensive DC research. Right. I have four. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll try to put a few of those in there. Maybe we'll like I don't know. We'll figure. We'll out. list them quick at the end or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that's that's our topic. If you mm-hmm. can think of any combinations where you like saw a character in one thing and you're like, wait, isn't that a character from another thing? Uh, like Black Spider is a character in DC that actually came back after Spider-Man. Oh, that was another one. Oh, so five. Yeah, that that, that popped up for me the other day. Okay. Uh, any characters that you guys are like, that's identical from this other one. Then uh, put it put it in the places. All right. You know what the places are. I listed the places. So thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.